0: Hello, welcome to My Secret Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and I have some exciting news. In addition to this podcast, I am beginning another podcast that will feature steamy and ultra-steamy romance novels. These will be available on the platform, Ream Stories. Ream Stories is busy finalizing the ability to upload audiobooks to their site. As soon as it's up, I'll let you know and you can listen to the steamy side of Confessions of a Fallen Good Girl. Please stop by my page to see what's already available at tinyurl.com/reemcherish. The ebook is now available on Amazon. So, get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Chapter 37. Brian Wilson eased into his chair behind his computer and set his coffee on the desk. This was his second cup before 9 a.m. The strong black coffee cruised through him like jet fuel triggering synapses and clearing away the fog so he could process his work clearly. Lifting the lid to his laptop, he tapped the button to wake up his computer. He knew today would be another important day. He was supposed to be on vacation, but with the terrorist threat, he'd been pulled into work. Terror didn't take vacations. With his security clearance, Brian knew that Eric James, also known as Hazim Ali, was a homegrown terrorist. He was being interrogated to learn about his cell and any possible attacks. It was Brian's job to verify any information or names the man gave up. So far, so good. Brian had confirmed everything and even made a few connections between the mosque and Karisberg with a mosque in Afghanistan that had been linked to other bombings. He wasn't privy to what the other counterterrorism units knew or did, but he would report his findings and then they would insert a man into the mosque. If they hadn't already. He typed in his password and took a sip of coffee as his computer loaded. He loved his job. He'd struggled with asthma his whole life, so a life in the military was never possible for him. But working for counterterrorism was his dream job. He felt like he protected the country, even though he wasn't carrying a gun or physically taking out bad people. The night before, he'd set up an algorithm to look for anything suspicious in regards to Hazim Ali or Eric James in search sites. He clicked open the file and started reading. Sweat heated his armpits and dotted his forehead as he connected the information he'd captured in his algorithm. This was big. He double-checked the information and printed his findings. Closing his laptop, he grabbed the printouts from the printer and marched into the hallway. He needed to show this information to Dr. Quinn immediately. Brian walked down the hallway that led to the interrogation room, which held Hazim. He gave a curt head nod to the two men in uniform who stood guard at the door. He'd seen them both before, but he respected their positions and never even tried to be friendly with them at work. Maintaining a professional relationship was tantamount in this field of work. Holding his identification badge up for them to see, he said, I need to see Dr. Quinn. I have time, critical information. The tall one's eyes darted between Brian's badge and Brian's face. He recognized the man. Some techie genius. Dr. Quinn is busy right now, the guard said without a trace of friendliness. Brian hated this. He avoided confrontation at all costs. Typically, his reserved nature didn't hamper his job, but he knew that if he didn't share this information immediately, that lives could be lost. I understand, but as I said, this is time-critical information and related to this case. He waved the folder in the air. Brian's heart thudded in his chest as the heavy stares from the guards assessed him. The short, stocky one twitched his lips and gave a decisive nod. It's your ass, he said, rapping on the door. Hazim's eyes darted to the door at the sound of the knock. He was running out of information that he was willing to give up. Fear shortened his breaths as he thought of who would enter the room next. What if it was someone who specialized in pain? He didn't think he'd survive waterboarding, or any other type of torture. Did they do that shit? The door opened and a geeky man entered the room. A laptop was tucked under his arm and a file folder was in his hand. Hazim's heart rate slowed as he measured up the man and took him for a techie and not a torture specialist. Brian entered the room and noted that Taylor Riggs was Dr. Quinn's muscle. He nodded politely to Taylor in recognition, but didn't try to appear friendly. The interrogation room was not a place for bonding with friends. Stepping to the table beside Dr. Quinn, he glanced at Hazim. The man looked exhausted and his red eyes were filled with fear. Brian held the file folder out to Dr. Quinn. Doctor, Brian said, I have something for you. Dr. Quinn adjusted his glasses and took the file folder from Brian. Setting it on the table, he flipped it open and angled the first piece of paper so Hazim couldn't read it upside down. Dr. Quinn read through the information on the first page, and then closed the folder. He shot a look to Taylor, who stood guard behind Hazim, and then scooted back his chair and said, I'll just be a minute. Turning, he casually made his way out of the room with Brian following. Hazim craned his head and noted that Wooly stood mere inches behind him. When their eyes met, the hairy beast's lips curved into a sneer, altering the way his scruffy beard shaped his head. Apparently, Wooly wasn't going to follow suit out the door. Turning his head to watch the door close behind the other two men, Hazine called out, What's going on? Panic flooded him. Whatever the techie showed Dr. Quinn must have been important. His mind wandered through all kinds of scenarios. Who had they caught? Who turned? What had they discovered? Dr. Quinn led Brian into the room behind the two-way mirror so they could still observe Hazim and Taylor. Another psychiatrist, Dr. Makey, was in the room to observe and take notes during the interrogation. The Japanese man shifted in his chair and set his hands on the table in front of him. Brian nodded politely to Dr. Makey in greeting as he approached the table and set his laptop down. Dr. Quinn placed the folder on the table and slid it to Dr. Makey. Dr. Makey flipped open the file and read through the pages. Dr. Quinn cleared his throat and tilted his head towards the file while still making eye contact with Brian. Please explain what I just read. Brian inhaled deeply and then began. Last night, I set up an algorithm that would scan the web and tag any searches relevant to Hazim Ali, Eric James, Operation Recluse, Aditya Chopra, Omar Zafar, Savage Security, And a few other topics. Anything that could tie back to this case. Brian pointed to the pages in the folder. With some of these names being in the news, as you can imagine, there were lots of hits. But he paused as he thought about what he was going to say. It was serious business to accuse someone of treason or of being a spy. There was one person who made several searches within the World Wide Web. But what is more significant is that that same person ran several searches within our internal web. Huh. Dr. Quinn nodded. He noted the company's internal web searches when he'd read Brian's findings. There are too many coincidences, too many searches from Captain Assam Tamir, Brian pointed to the file. To think that he's not actively searching for Hazim? Why would he be doing that? The name Hazim Ali wasn't released to the press. Only Eric James. Dr. Quinn took a deep breath as he thought about the situation. He wasn't about to accuse a decorated patriot of treason without proof. He couldn't even question Captain Tomir without raising some flags. Dr. Makey flipped through the other pages in the folder as he formulated a plan. Then, pushing his chair away from the table, he crossed one ankle over his knee and tapped the file with his fingers. Apparently, Captain Assam Tomir wants to find Hazim very badly. Can you arrange that? Brian's eyebrows pulled together as he looked between Dr. Quinn and Dr. Makey. You mean set a trap? Exactly, Dr. Makey replied with a decisive nod. If he's still running searches, can you leave some breadcrumbs? Something that won't be obvious? Brian nodded and felt his eye twitch. He hated that tick. It happened when he got excited or nervous, and it never worked wonders on the ladies when he flirted at bars. He just ended up looking like a twitchy dweeb. Yeah, I can do that. He normally worked the boring jobs, running searches, hacking the occasional website, comparing facial recognition scans of terrorists. But setting a trap felt exciting, almost spy-like. I can lead him here, Brian added confidently. He wanted to make sure he had this right. That's what you want, right? Assam Tamir in this building? Dr. Mackey's fingers stopped drumming on the table. Lead him here, to Hazim's door. He pointed a finger at the two-way mirror. Brian couldn't help the humongous smile that threatened to crash into his ears. I'll get on it. He'll be here soon. Chapter 38 Assam ran the towel over his damp head and then tossed the wet towel into the bathtub. It was one of those big garden tubs. He and his wife never used it for bathing. Instead, it functioned as a giant clothes hamper. alia emptied it every day when she did the laundry. He was thankful to have her as a wife. He had chosen well when he married her. She never complained about his work, which seemed to consume his days and nights. When he'd come home late at night, she greeted him properly and then made him a pot of coffee. It kept him energized well into the night. He'd spent the night scouring the internet and the company intranet for any clues on Hazim Ali or the takedown at Omar Zafar's apartment. He'd discovered that Adil Shah had been apprehended at a hotel as he tried to disappear. He was thankful that Adil didn't know about him. He'd kept his identity secret. But Hazim and Omar had been important enough to warrant knowing his name. With Omar's death, he was at least safe on that front. But Hazim was still alive and probably talking. He needed to get to the man before he had a chance to to rat him out. If Hazim was at one of the company's safe houses, then Assam could get to him. He'd have to make up a reason to be there, but he'd think of something. With his connections to several operations underway in the Middle East, he could make up an excuse to be there. As long as he kept his shit together, no one would question his presence. Assam hit the light switch as he walked into his home office. Making his way to his desk, he sipped some coffee from the mug. He set the mug down and logged into the work intranet and typed in Hazim's name. A heady thrum of excitement laced his veins when a hit popped up. He knew he'd find something eventually. Sometimes it took a while to process the paperwork, but apparently the intranet gods were on his side. He clicked the link and read through the report. Hazim was at one of the warehouses in the shipping district of Karisberg. It wasn't a long drive from his house. He'd go there and sneak in. Once he was with Hazim, he had helped the man realize his only solution was swallowing the tiny pill that he'd slip him. The pill would cause an aneurysm, and therefore remove the threat the Hazim posed to him. Thankfully, the pill was undetectable in autopsy tests. Isam would be free to continue his subterfuge as he sabotaged the military's efforts concerning the war on terror. Chapter 39 Jack and Bella walked into savage security. The others were already there prepping for the takedown. Jack didn't know the details yet, but he knew this was big. Earlier, when Cole had called, he noted that Cole's serious tone of voice was laced with excitement. He was glad that Bella and Alicia were going to stay at Savage Security with Logan as the others went for the head honcho. Logan's role was to dig into the bastard's past so they could put the guy away forever. Jack squeezed Bella's hand and then continued down the hallway without her. A slice of regret cut through her. He hadn't kissed her. She'd wanted him to kiss her. Forcing the disappointment from her mind, she knocked on Mike's office door. Alicia's voice called out a second later and invited her in. Alicia smiled at Bella from the sofa. She had a hundred questions she planned on asking Bella once the men left for wherever they were going. She knew Bella had spent the night with Jack. She was dying to hear how it went. She also knew she'd never get any real answers from Mike. He followed a ridiculous bro code that locked his lips when it came to gossip concerning his team members. Bella shrugged as she closed the door behind her. So we meet again, she said. She couldn't wait for this nightmare to be over with. She wanted her life back. She wanted to feel safe again. Alicia appraised Bella her eyes narrowing with precision as she looked for any hickeys or other signs of affection. Raising an eyebrow, she patted the sofa next to her. I want to hear it all, she cooed, leaning forward with delight. Bella knew what she was talking about, but she didn't feel ready to unburden her heart. Her emotions were still raw and damaged from Eric's attack. There was too much that she didn't understand. She wasn't sure what was going on with Jack. Jack entered the room that served as an armory. Mike, Ryan, Tyson, and Cole stood around the table that was piled with guns and ammunition. Jack stepped up to the table and drummed his fingers on a bare spot. So, we're going in light, he said sarcastically, eyeing the mountain of weaponry. Damn straight, Cole said, shoving a gun in his ankle holster. If what Captain Wallace had told him was correct, catching a Sam Tomir would be huge. Not in the glad we stopped a bastard huge, but more of a we stopped a fucking huge bastard and fucked the remaining bastards in the ass kind of way. Jack wasn't sure why Captain Wallace was helping them so much. They didn't need to be called in on this. But he was thankful that they were going to be there. They were support only, but that was fine with him. He just wanted to see the threat eliminated so he could sleep better at night. Who knew? When this was all over, maybe he wouldn't be sleeping alone. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope you enjoyed these chapters. New episodes drop on Tuesdays and Fridays. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we feature, you can follow my secret obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively, or visit the website at tinyurl.com/slash cherishlively. Goodbye.